0: morning morning, hillside Hillside family family. we're We're so glad that that you're here worshiping worshiping with with us uh wherever wherever you happen happen to be be. this This would be a great time to check in using the church Church center app so get your your phone phone or your device out and let let us know you're here here. now Now, if if you you happen happen to be coming at the 11 o'clock service service, live in in the parking lot and we we hope many of you will you don't need to check in now if you happen to be watching this you will check in at the service i can't believe it's the last day of february and, and we're, we're able, able to meet in warm weather in the parking, in the parking lot. lot. So, so join, join us at 11, 11 if you would like to. Otherwise, check, check in, in now and let's, let's continue, continue to worship, Daniel.
1: Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope. Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first We Joy and price to see the captives' hearts release, the hurt.
2: Yes, this year. Especially this year. This year, more than ever. Not because it wasn't so bad. Not because next year will be better. Not because some good things happened. Not even just because God says so. Rejoice in the Lord, you people of the Lord, because Christ is Lord. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of God's grace again we are still the redeemed still ransomed by the blood still furiously convinced especially this year that neither life nor death nor pandemic nor lockdown nor masks nor isolation nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus our lord we will give thanks this year not in spite of what was lost but because of what cannot be we'll rejoice in the lord because we are the people of the lord let's do more than count our blessings let's count ourselves among the blessed i'll say it again rejoice
1: All right, we just want to say another welcome to everybody and especially to our kids who are watching. Kids, we just love you guys. We just pray God's blessings on you as you go and learn to be light in the world with um, Reverend Cheryl. I pray that you have fun, but that you also learn, okay? The first song we sang had a line in it that says, set your church on fire, okay? So kids, just so you know, it doesn't mean to actually burn the church down okay because i did this song one time and and one kid said to me set the church on fire why why would you want to do that okay so it's a it's a picture language it means we get excited we are pumped to follow christ to love people so that's what it means okay go and learn more about christ and uh, we'll talk to you guys later okay but just be reminded that God is our way maker. He keeps his promises. God is everything that we ever need or everything that our souls long for. So we're going to sing a song called Waymaker. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, we make a miracle work, promise keeper, Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. Oh God. I worship you Every yeah, day I worship you You are here Healing every heart I worship you I worship you Sing it out You are here Turning lives around I worship you, I worship you, you are here, oh God, mending every heart, I worship you. See you working even when I don't feel it. Worker promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We make miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We make miracle work. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who You are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who You are. God, we just bow before You today. We come before You, You make a way where there is no way you can cause a road to appear in the middle of the sea you can cause a a road in the wilderness you say that you will never leave us you will never forsake us your people need you we need your presence in our lives in our families in our bodies in our hearts we need you we need your presence we need your nearness We need you, God, to come and meet our needs. Your people need you, God. There are many who are struggling physically. God, I pray for your healing. There are many, God, who need financial uh, provision. God, be near to them. Make a way for them. There are many, God, who have broken hearts and broken relationships. God, mend their hearts. Be near to them. Be, oh God, be the way maker for them. Our church needs you. Lord, our Hillside family needs you, God, to make a way for us. Open the road before us and show us what we need to do and what we need to be. For the sake of your name, for your glory, we pray. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God, be in my head, be in my heart, be in my weaknesses, and be in my strength. He must increase and I must decrease. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Hello, Hillside. Dan Seitz here. I wanted to take a moment to say hello and to give you a report. I know it's been a while. For the last week or so, Allison and I have been working hard in preparation for our big move to Pleasant Hill, which is coming up soon. And uh, putting all of our things in boxes over the last week has given me some deep pastoral wisdom that I want to pass on to you. If you are thinking about buying anything, don't do it. Save yourself the trouble. Where has all this stuff come from? Uh, Actually, our preparations are going very well. We're pretty much ready for the movers to come. Thanks for all your prayers. Uh, Just wanted to remind you of my starting date. I will be starting officially at Hillside on Monday, March 22nd. Uh, can't wait to join your team and your family. I want you to know we've been praying for you. We've been praying lots of prayers, but one that keeps going through our minds is this. We're praying that something really great for the kingdom would emerge from our friendship and from our partnership, and we believe that God is going to answer. So we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. We're praying that you would be at peace during this Lenten season, and we can't wait to see you sometime after Monday, March 22nd.
0: Well, isn't it exciting to hear from Dan Sites? Wow, March 22nd can't come soon enough. Just this past week, um, Dan was actually moving boxes into his um, office here at Hillside, and so it's, it's just exciting to see it. It's happening, and it's really going to happen um, in later March. So we look forward to seeing Dan. Well, this is a time for our offering, and if you had a chance to read the e-newsletter this week, you can see that Hillsiders, you have been faithful in giving to this church. Um, in spite of this pandemic, uh, giving is strong and, uh, and your faithfulness is appreciated and allows us to continue to do God's work and bring him glory around the world. So if you would like to continue to give, and we hope you will, um, you can go to the website and click on Donate. You can go to the Church Center app and donate there, or you can send a check into the church. Let's pray for these offerings. Heavenly Father, thank you for prompting Hillsiders to continue to be faithful, Lord. And we pray that that's the case in your church throughout the world, Lord, that um, people will continue to give to your work um, and to bring you glory um, locally and around the world. And uh, we just, um, we thank you for the faithfulness of your people in that regard. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in our ongoing series of Compassion, Justice, and Mission Spotlights, uh, we keep hearing from different people uh, who run our five care areas. One we haven't heard from in a long time is anti-trafficking. That's one of our cares. Um, unfortunately, they were going to have a seminar last spring that got canceled. But um, we're going to show you a video here with Chassidy Canfield. And um, she's going to tell you some ways you can get involved in anti-trafficking efforts locally. So take it away, Chassidy.
4: Hi, I'm chastity Canfield and I'm a member of the anti-trafficking team one of Hillside's five cares under compassion justice and mission and I'm here to give you an update and a way that we can um, service trafficking victims in our county um, this past year many people have thought that human trafficking has uh, decreased during the global pandemic however that is not the case um, Polaris's national hotline actually showed a 40% increase in crisis calls during a 30-day period after shelter-in-place went into effect. Um, With the increased use of technology and increased financial hardships, uh, many more people have become vulnerable to human trafficking. Uh, Interestingly enough, Contra Costa County has seen a decrease of cases come through their task force. And the main reason for that is that it's so much more difficult to identify human trafficking right now. Um, Contra Costa County, has a specific designated advocate for trafficking victims only. And so they provide um, for immediate needs when they encounter a situation with a trafficking victim. And one of the ways that they provide for those immediate needs is they provide a go bag. And so as a team and church, we would like to help support them by um, donating and providing items that go in the go bag. One of those items a couple of those items, are colored short sleeve t-shirts, as well as long sleeve t-shirts. Fleece jackets, especially now when it gets cooler in the evenings, um, are helpful. They are also requesting toiletry bags um, that include toothpaste and a toothbrush. Um, They're also in need of tampons, deodorant, um, body lotion, hand lotions, as well as facial moisturizers. Um, So we are asking that um, if you would like to donate, that you can drop them off anytime at Hillside, Tuesday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And we just ask that all donations are received at Hillside by Sunday, March 21st. We thank you for helping us to support our local um, trafficking uh, victim advocate.
1: All this pain, I wonder. You make beautiful things out of the dust
5: with you, sisters and brothers, as we continue exploring Hillside Covenant Church's core values. I'm Tyler Watson, and my family and I have been at Hillside for about five years now. I've had the honor of teaching the Seminary for Everyone classes and serving on the pastoral search team. I long to be with you in person, but until then, I take comfort that we worship a God who is not bound by space and time. You are in my prayers, and I ask that you pray for me as well. You now we have described our core values using the acronym LIGHT. Today, we'll look at our fourth core value, which reads, honoring God through service. We are called to demonstrate our love for God by serving our neighbor. Years ago, I attended a spiritual formation conference with some friends, and one of the main speakers is a giant in the field, having written many books on how Christians grow into greater faithfulness and union with God. During a question and answer time, someone asked him, where do mission and service fit into his understanding of spiritual formation? He answered, if we do spiritual formation right, that is, if we read the Bible, pray, fast, and worship correctly, then mission and service will naturally follow. Now, that answer didn't sit right with my friends and I. And after the session, we got lunch, and we discussed particularly that answer. We were hesitant to disagree with the speaker because his work had helped so many people, and many of us used it in our own lives and ministries, but we decided the speaker was wrong. Mission and service are not the outcomes of correct spiritual formation, but necessary aspects of spiritual formation. In the gospels, we see Jesus sending his disciples out to serve others way before they fully understand who Jesus is and what he's about. In serving others, they experience God's presence in unique ways and their characters are formed into Christ's likeness. So it's not a linear progression where spiritual formation leads to service, but a feedback loop. Service is a spiritual discipline on its own. Prayer and scripture reading and other practices shape our service, and service shapes how we pray and read scriptures and engage in other practices. All of Hillside's core values, led by the Spirit, in the Word, grow in community, honor God through service, transform our world, They require one another. Together, they are like anchor points on a spider's web, forming a community of healthy Christ followers. Now, as we look at honoring God through service, we could do a 30,000 foot flyover of scripture and Christian tradition, finding all the exhortations and examples of service. But I thought we ought to dig into one story instead. Let's look at the parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke 10. For context, Just a few verses prior to this scene, Jesus sends out 70 of his disciples to various towns to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom of God has come near to them. They have been sent on a mission to serve as part of their training in Christlikeness. The disciples return rejoicing in all the amazing things they saw God do. Then a lawyer stands up and wants to test Jesus. He asks, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now this question sets off a short but fascinating interaction in which two Jewish teachers act in very Jewish teacherly ways. They ask questions, they answer those questions with more questions and tell stories to expound upon their answers. It's worth taking our time and looking at the lawyer's question. He asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He has a hope and trust that God will bring a new age in which God's reign over the world will be recognized by everyone. He hopes the new age will be marked by righteousness and justice. And he wants to be a part of that new age. So what must he do to inherit it? Jesus answers with a question. What is written in the law? How do you read it? The lawyer responds by quoting from the Torah. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Elsewhere in the gospels, Jesus himself says all the Hebrew scriptures can be summed up in those two commandments. So clearly Jesus is going to agree with this answer. Then Jesus responds, do this and you will live. And the sense here is not merely that the lawyer will live in a blissful future after his death but that if the lawyer wants these things now, if he does these things now, he will be really living now. He will experience that life in the age to come when God will make heaven and earth meet right now. Kenneth Bailey points out the way this verse is translated in other Middle Eastern versions of the Bible, they read more like this, do this and you will come alive. There is deep truth in this. When we love God with all we are, with all we have, then we are being the people God created us to be. We are going with the grain of the universe. And when we love God, first and foremost, we can set our priorities right. We can get our other loves in order. By loving God as God, we then reject making idols out of the state, making idols out of our jobs or out of our bank accounts, We reject making idols out of our families or even out of ourselves. You may have heard it said, we are made to worship God. That is very true. We are most fully ourselves when we worship God and only God. The second part of the lawyer's answer is also key. When we love our neighbor as ourselves, we are also going with the grain of the universe. God didn't make us to be selfish and self-centered. God made us to love one another. And love is more than a disposition or a feeling. Love manifests itself in action and in solidarity. We are most fully ourselves when we love our neighbors in tangible ways. When we make their problems our problems. Jesus tells the lawyer he has answered correctly, but the lawyer wants to go further. He wants to justify himself. He wants to know Who counts as his neighbor? Is he required to love Israelites who don't keep the Torah's commandments? Is he required to love foreigners who eat unclean foods and worship false gods? Is he required to love the oppressive Roman occupiers who impose unjust taxes and use their massive armies to keep Israel under Caesar's thumb? He essentially asks... Whom am I required to love? And whom am I not required to love? These are our questions too. We have a tendency to shrink our circles of welcome, then make those boundaries around those circles impermeable. We want to love only people who are like us. So we ask, are we required to love people of other ethnicities, of other nationalities, or of different religions? Are we required to love people who cannot reciprocate or who might squander our charity? Are we required to love people whose words and actions we find repugnant? Are we required to love people of other political parties? Are we required to love people who want to harm us? Who exactly is our neighbor? Jesus answers this lawyer's question and our question like a good rabbi by telling a story. A certain man goes on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and along the way, he's attacked by robbers who strip him, beat him, and go away, leaving him half dead. Later, a priest walks down the road, and when he sees the naked, beaten, half-dead man, he passes by on the other side of the road. After that, a Levite comes down to the place where the robbed man is dying, and he too passes by on the other side. Now I'm gonna pause there because it's worth noting Jesus is using this old rule of three in storytelling. The storyteller establishes a pattern with the first account, then continues or intensifies the pattern with the second account, and finally fit, he flips the pattern on the third account. You can think of the Three Little Pigs or Goldilocks and the Three Bears or the Three Billy Goats Gruff, and you see how this rule of three has made its way into Western culture as well. Jesus, by setting up the story this way, sets up his audience, too. The first person to neglect the beaten man is a priest, someone who is tasked with running the temple in Jerusalem and who we expect to offer help. But he passes on the other side of the road. The next person is a Levite, another person born into the priestly family who would have just completed his temple duties. But he passes by on the other side of the road, too. So Jesus' audience is set up. They know, thanks to the rule of three, a third traveler will soon come, and he will help. He will fulfill the Torah requirement and love his neighbor dying on the roadside. Maybe the lawyer and the audience expects a religious leader outside the temple hierarchy, like a scribe or a Pharisee, to be the hero. Maybe they expect the third traveler to be someone who isn't a religious leader at all, and is just an average Israelite. Jesus gives the story a much greater twist and says a third man comes down the road and it's a Samaritan. The Samaritan sees the beaten man, he is moved with pity. He goes to the man, treats his wounds with oil and wine and bandages him. He puts the man on his donkey, takes him to an inn and nurses him for the night. The next day he pays the innkeeper to care for the wounded man promises to return, and to repay any other cost. Now, I cannot overstate just how much shock Jesus' audience would feel. They were not expecting Jesus to make a Samaritan the hero of the story. Ancient Samaritans and Jews hated each other. Samaria lay between the Jewish regions of Judea and Galilee, and Jews going between those regions went out of their way to travel around Samaria, adding a full three days to their trip. Jewish people thought the Samaritans were a bunch of heretic half-breed traitors. And Samaritans didn't have any higher of an opinion of Jewish people. Samaritans were the ultimate other. You could say the most wicked rumor about them, and people would probably believe you. So what is the Samaritan doing on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho? He's deep in Judean land, surrounded by people who hate him. And if that is a dangerous road for Jewish folks, how much more so for him? Well, he seems to be a merchant of some kind. He has a donkey, oil, wine, stuff he can use to make bandages, and some cash. But Jesus doesn't dwell on these details. He focuses on the Samaritan's actions. The Samaritan comes near the injured man. He sees him. He is moved with pity. He then takes care of the injured man. The Samaritan fulfills the requirements of the Torah. He serves his wounded neighbor. It's the Samaritan who is acting as God's agent in the world. Now, the Samaritan's action has so much to teach us of what love for neighbor looks like. Loving our neighbor takes the form of tangible acts of mercy. In other words, loving our neighbor means serving them. We are to help whenever we see a person in need, even if it's someone we don't trust, or who may not trust us. If we are going to love our neighbors as ourselves, our eyes must be open to other people. It's so easy to avoid seeing the hurts of others, isn't it? We structure our lives to be so full that we cannot be interrupted. Not the Samaritan. He allows the need of his neighbor to interrupt his life. He sees the wounded man. He really sees him, and he is moved with pity. He chooses to make the wounded man's problems his problems, and he uses what he has to help. He doesn't help from a distance. No, he decides to be with the wounded man all night. That is what loving our neighbor requires. Loving our neighbor is inclusive, not exclusive. Love crosses the boundaries, perhaps taking us into uncomfortable or dangerous situations. Martin Luther King Jr. preached on this parable and said, I imagine that the first question which the priest and Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But by the very nature of his concern, the Good Samaritan reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? The Good Samaritan engaged in a dangerous altruism. I like that phrase, dangerous altruism. Jesus then asks the lawyer, who was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of of robbers? The lawyer answers correctly, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus responds, go and do likewise. Doesn't that make such a nice bookend to the whole exchange? The lawyer started everything with what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus concludes with, go and do likewise. How do we go and do likewise in our context? Especially during COVID when making connections between others is hard to do. It's hard to see one another when we aren't in each other's space. Many of us are suffering under isolation. So how do we serve our neighbors? Consider helping with the Families Feeding Families Food Pantry here at Hillside. Pastor Joy has told amazing stories of seeing God at work as she connects with other families who currently experience food vulnerability. COVID is a terrible disease. It's a monster. So let's do what we can to defeat it. Even when we're tired of all the precautions, we can serve our neighbors. We can love our neighbors by wearing masks. We can love our neighbors by practicing social distancing. We can serve one another by being vaccinated. When your name comes up to be vaccinated, receive the shot and help others receive the vaccine too. It can be a complicated process navigating the online systems to get a vaccine. So walk your neighbors through the process. Encourage them to keep going. And the isolation that we endure during this time, that isolation hurts too. How can we enter that pain with our neighbors? How can we make our neighbors problems our problems? Here in our context, in our neighborhoods. It might be as simple as reaching out to one another and making a real human connection. Send a letter to someone you love, to someone in the church. See, the church has this amazing tool called the church directory. It's got addresses and emails and phone numbers of everyone. You can use it to serve one another. Make it a spiritual discipline during Lent to call someone weekly. Make some cookies or snacks for folks in your neighborhood. See, love is creative and unrestricted, so let your imagination run free. Now, if we read this parable correctly, we learn the answer to the lawyer's question of who is my neighbor. The answer is everyone, especially anyone who is hurting and needs help. But Jesus flips the lawyer's concern and our concern entirely. He takes the question, who is my neighbor, off the table. We're not supposed to ask it. Neighbor is not a title we bestow on other people who are like us. Jesus turns neighbor into a moral and theological category that we aspire to become. We hope to become neighbors to people around us who are vulnerable and hurting. The question isn't, who is my neighbor? The more pressing question is, am I being a neighbor? Am I loving others with the sacrificial, incarnational, tangible love of Jesus? When you love your neighbors as yourself, you are most fully being yourself. You're going with the grain of the universe. If we feel disconnected from others during this time, try serving others. God's intention is to make a new family that is marked by mutual love. Live into that family, live into that reality. If we feel disconnected from ourselves, serve others. You are made to love your neighbor as yourself, and you might find yourself again as you love one another. If we feel disconnected from God during this time, serve others. Jesus tells us in Matthew 25 that when we give food to the hungry and drink to the thirsty, when we tend to those who are sick, when we clothe the naked, when we welcome the stranger, when we visit those in prison, we are actually serving Jesus himself. Mother Teresa said in serving others, she discovered Jesus in his most distressing disguise. Hillside Covenant Church, together, we discerned honoring God through service is one of our core values. It's who God made us to be. Let's open our eyes to the needs of the vulnerable around us. Let's make their problems our problems. Let's serve them. And by the grace of God, may we become their neighbors.
1: Need to read. Refuge for the hurting carry your compassion, to love a world that's broken, to be your hands and feet, and I will give with the life that I've been given, and go beyond religion, to see the world be changed, Amén sí. sí. us instruments of your peace as we go our separate ways Lord, where there is injury may we bring pardon may we bring healing make us instruments of your peace change us from within help us to represent Christ make him look good in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit God be in my head God be in my heart God be in my weaknesses And in my strength He must increase And I must decrease Amen God bless you as you go Have a wonderful week